so powerful. Thank you for your anointing and your grace over Ruth. Speak through her in Jesus' name. Amen. I did not know any of that was going to happen today, else I wouldn't be standing up here. Um, and the word of God this week has been like alive inside of me, just moving. And, and I've been throughout the week in tears off and on. And I'm like, God, what is it you're doing and I've been here walking and praying and even during worship I found myself just weeping. And so I humbly come with a word that isn't, you might even listen to it and go, well, that's just simplistic. There's nothing to it. But I'm telling you, the spirit of the living God is on it. And there's something he's doing this morning in you through the word, the living word. And it's something that I can't even put words to it. And Mike will tell you, I said to him last night, I don't know how to preach what he's given me to preach. And I, I couldn't even go to sleep last night. And it, it's just this experience that I've been having. And I don't know if this is all leading up to what happened this morning. But I know there's an anointing for the word this morning. And there's freedom for you. And if I cry... It's okay. I want to share with you a word about truth in action and what it's meant to do. And it's about truth and freedom. And, and there is a lot out there about truth and freedom. I actually was with somebody on Friday night and they said to me, there is no truth. And I'm like, no, there is truth. There is truth. Truth is Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the living one. And um, it's really hard in everything we hear and see and experience. It is so hard as a person going through difficulties, through circumstances and stuff, to weed out what is truth and what is not. And God wants to show you something this morning. And so we're going to look at John chapter 8. And we're starting in verse 30. And Jesus is, it, it's a, the verse that I'm starting with is at the end of a passage. And it's Jesus talking to the Jewish people. And they have, they're at the temple courts in Jerusalem. And it's at the, the close of the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you want to know what that all signifies, talk to Dave. Anyway, so here it is. Jesus makes these statements. And he says in verse 30. And he spoke these words. And many believed in him. Many believed in him or on him. Literally in the Greek, it's like into him. They believed into him. And that phrase indicates like this, this something that happened on the inside, this commitment in the heart to Jesus. And something had in this group of people that it says many believed in him, something had happened in their lives. And then you go 
and you're starting a new section of scripture. And verse 31 says this. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You see, that verse 31, it has a little bit different phrase. Did you catch that? It says that they believed him. And Jesus is talking to Jews, a group of Jews again. And they believed him. They hadn't yet trusted him, but they had believed him. And these people had grabbed hold of something intellectually, like something they understood in their minds. They, they knew uh, um, about who he was. They grabbed hold of that. And as a church, sometimes God speaks truths into our lives. And we grab hold of it intellectually. And we say, we got it. We got it. And God is saying, it's not enough. It can't just be in here. There's something he's asking for that has to happen inside here. And so these people hadn't, they hadn't trusted him yet, but they actually believed him. And so Jesus says to them, if you abide... And when I think about that word abide, it it means to continue. What does it mean to you? Abide. It says if you abide. Excuse me. If you abide in me, if my word abides in you, that thought of continuing with him, he says, then you will be my disciples. It's an interesting thing that discipleship begins with a belief. It begins with that belief. Even if it's intellectual, it believes that. It's like they were at the door. It was this first step. These people were at this first step. They believed him. And sometimes we find ourselves in the same place. Believing with our head. Actually mentally assenting to the truth. Yes, that's truth. Yes, that's truth. Yes, that's truth. But there's something different from it being here and it actually moving into here. It shifts everything when it moves into here. (laughs) Sorry. And um, these living words of Jesus, he's telling the people that if they want to move from believing with their head to actually believing with their heart, there's a requirement. There's a requirement. And you, you see, it's just not enough to acknowledge that he is. You have, to, you, you have to move into that deeper place, into abiding and in abiding in the word. And this morning, Jesus is challenging us on our position of our beliefs. And you see, we all have a, a whole gamut of beliefs within us. There's things you believe and there's things you don't believe. And Jesus is saying, where's your belief system hooked into? Is it because somebody told you that on Sunday morning? Or is it because you have been in the word and the word comes in and it shifts things and wrecks your world? It actually causes you to grab hold of something that you didn't understand before. And and he wants you, he wants you to move from knowing it here to actually knowing it here. 
agreeing with just our heads isn't enough. It has to be something more, and it goes deeper, and it lives deep in our heart. And it says one must abide or remain in his word to be his disciple. And it's amazing because it says that this abiding in the word, it comes with a bonus. <laughs> you know, a dividend, a benefit. You, you all like those things? A perk. You like those, those kind of things? Yeah, me too. A grand prize. And verse 32 is the grand prize. You see, if you believe him and you abide in his word... This is what it says. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You see, we quote that verse all the time. We say, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we don't hook it to the first part of the verse that actually it's connected to. That if you abide in his word, you become a part of him. And when you become a part of him and his word is in you and it begins to work in you, then there's something that happens. Freedom comes. Freedom comes. You see, we want the freedom without the abiding. And God is saying that he has called you to be free. He doesn't want you to be a slave. He wants you to be free. And he's telling you this morning how to be free. It's such a powerful scripture. It's actually a profound thought that I'm longing for freedom. And he said, if you abide in my word, then the truth will arise in you and you're going to be set free. That's crazy awesome, isn't it? You see, it, but that isn't just one thing. That's, that's our journey in life. Because every one of you, I even prayed over challenges this morning right? Different ones are facing different things. I personally face different things than you face. You have no clue how many times I'm where you were this morning on the other side. And God is saying, hey, if you abide in me, there's this restful place, this place that is revealing. It's a place that unlocks something, It unlocks the ability to keep you locked down. And it sets you free to be who you are. See, freedom is not this. I can do anything I want to, anytime I want to. That's freedom. No. This is what true freedom is. Freedom is that you can be everything that Jesus Christ destined you to be. That's freedom. That's freedom. And in that verse... You shall know the truth. There's a Greek word there. And it's G-I-N-O-S-K-O. I think I, yeah, I put it up there. And it actually has the idea um, of the recognition of truth by a personal experience. It's an attainment of something. You're going to know the truth. You see... For instance, if I live in fear all the time, but I begin to abide in the word, and I begin to take a scripture about fear, and I begin to hold on to it, and I begin to meditate on it, and I begin to speak it over myself, there comes this personal experience that exchanges the lie for a truth, and it begins to set you free. 
And you're meant to be free. He says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Free. Liberated. Liberated from the power and punishment of sin. Church, we are free from the power of sin. It holds no bondage over us unless we let it. And so often it creeps in in so many ways in our lives. And Jesus is saying to you, hey, if you abide in my word. If the big book is too much for you, take a verse and begin to apply it to whatever situation or circumstance you're facing. And begin to say, reveal to me. You do realize that. It is not only a written word, it's a living word. It says the word of God is alive and powerful, right? The word of God is alive and powerful and it's come to set you free. Why are we slaves if we're set free? You see, it's it's our ability to choose. It's really important to understand the difference between believing what's in your head and believing what's in your heart. And Jesus speaking to those groups of people, he wanted them to move from knowing who he was to knowing him. Really knowing him. The Savior. The one that came to set them free. As you bite in his word, it works in you. It does something. You see, you can can tell me how that works. I can't tell you how it works. I know it's truth. As I take his word, I can tell you that um, I, I had a terrible experience one time and I didn't know what to do with it and there was no hope. And so I took that scripture that says that he takes all things And works them together for good in our lives. And I begin to rehearse that scripture. I would say 20, 30 times a day. And every time the pain and the the darkness and the lack of hope begin to rise up within me. I'd say, but, but God, this is what his word says. His word says this. And I'm telling you that within three or four months time, I saw a solution and an answer that to this day, Mike and I would both tell you, we don't know how it happened. It's impossible what happened. And God took something so dark and so awful and he turned it for such glorious good because I took that word and I I chewed on it and I meditated on it and I said, this is truth. Your word says this. You're doing something and and I need, God, I need you. I need you. This is what your word says. And he began to work. And I stood back and I'm like, how, God, how? But he does it. That's who he is. And that's what he's wanting this morning. He is wanting for you to take those things that seem so dark and uh, impossible. And to take the word of God and apply that whatever situation you're facing. And he says, and the truth will arise in you and it will set you free. That's what he'll do. You will be free to be all that you were meant to be. 
Don't you long for that? Don't you get tired of those things coming in day after day or week after week trying to destroy you? Do you ever get weary of that? And God is saying there's freedom available. Freedom. It says in Ephesians 2.10, it says this. We are God's masterpiece. I want you to say that to me. I'm God's masterpiece. Do you actually believe that? You're his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned long ago. I love how the passion says it. So I'm going to read it to you. It says, we have become his poetry. (laughs) His poetry. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny that he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. He, he's working. He's working. True freedom is having the ability to be what you were destined to do. And so this verse all through the week kept coming to me. Truth in your inward parts. Truth in your inward parts. It's actually in Psalm 51.6. If you put that up there. It says, behold, you, God, desire truth in your inward parts. That's the difference from moving from your head knowledge, your head understanding, into your heart. Truth in your inward parts. I wanted to name the message inward parts, but I didn't know how well it would go over. Um. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. And in the hidden part, inside here, where you don't see it, in my heart, where there's a war that goes on so many times, it says this, in that hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. You will make me to know wisdom. So when Jesus spoke to that crowd that day and those same words that he's speaking to you hold the same potential. He's releasing his powerful words over you. And then it goes to verse 33 and he says this. Um, Oh, I missed 32, didn't I? Sorry. Go back to 32, wherever I missed it at. No, I didn't. Um. He said, you know, he says, you shall know the truth and it'll set you free. And this was their response to them. They answered him and they said, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say that? We will be made free. So he's saying, hey, if you abide in me, if you abide in my word, there's this transaction that happens inside of you and it moment piece by piece circumstance by circumstance begins to set you free so that you're free indeed free to be who he called you to be and they're saying hey we're not in bondage to anybody they found his words offensive he is offering a way of freedom and they just they just didn't get it and Jesus is offering us a freedom, but it also has a requirement. It's allowing that word to to dwell in us and shift who we are and what we're thinking. So in verse 
34, he says to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits a sin is a slave to sin. And there are so many places as the church that were slaves to sin. Fear. There you go right there. Fear. It tries to control us, church. It tries to hold us in bondage. About eating. Sometimes it's, it, it, it controls us. It likes to control me. The minute I get upset, I go right to the cupboard and that's what I do. Instead of going to the word of God that's full of life-giving power. What about our money and our spending? Are we slaves to that? What about gaming? What about electronics? What about sports? What about ourselves? What about depression? It tries to rule and reign in our lives. Do you see how many things the enemy tries to make you a slave to? And Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and the truth will come and set you free. And Jesus is saying to you, church, I want a free church. I want one that doesn't have bondages of sin attached to it in any way, shape, or form. Do you know how many people say, it's just because I've always been that way. There's nothing that can change this because I'm going to always be the way I am. And that's a lie. You are, you walk in the ability to walk in the truth of his word that can set you free. There is nothing, not drugs, not alcohol, not pornography, not self, not Gossip, not slander, not all, none of those things are meant to rule us as the church. We are meant to be abiding in him, the living word. And through that living word, it's going to exchange what the enemy wants in our lives. And we're going to walk in freedom. You can't tell me I can't. You can't keep me down. You see, we allow the sin to rule and reign in our lives. And sometimes they are what we call nice sins. And so we don't think that they're powerful. And God is saying, hey, church, the truth will set you free. You have to abide in his word. There are so many captives, so many. And freedom comes from abiding in his word or continuing in it. Not just believing it, not just saying, yes, that's the word of God, and yes, that's true. But actually taking it in, into our innermost part, so that the wisdom and truth of God is released inside of us, and it changes how we think. It actually changes how we see things. And if you're telling me that that can't happen, come and see me. I'll give you some scriptures, and I'll say, put it to the test. Because the word of God is alive. And it says that we are washed clean by the sanctifying of the word of God. We're washed clean by his word. His word is meant to reveal the areas of our life that need a touch. And sometimes we can't even see the things that we are. And God is saying, hey, church, I came to set you free. I came to set you free. It's interesting as I was putting this all together... I went on to Facebook and I scrolled through and my daughter Charity from Georgia put this quote up. It's by R.C. Sproul. Just interesting. It just happened to come across it. R.C. Sproul said this. I think the greatest weakness in the church today 
is that almost no one believes that God invests his power in the Bible. Everyone's looking for the power in a program, in a technique, in anything and everything except for God, where God has placed it, his word. His word. Verse 35. It says, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. And then I want you to read verse 36 with me. Is it up there? Verse 36. John 8, 36. Okay, there we go. Ready? Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. As I was considering this word and, and, and studying it and thinking about it, one of the verses that the Lord brought me to was in Psalm 91, 4, and it says, He will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. And then it says this. His truth. His truth shall be a shield and buckler. That truth that is going to open the doors inside of you. That truth. Listen to it. It means that to be a shield and buckler. It means to surround you like... um, a kind of shield covering all over. And it protects the bodies from um, vital parts from weapons. <laughs> Don't you like that? And from, oh, from weapon thrusts and from arrows from the enemy. That shield, that buckler. And his truth is a shield and buckler. And it, the word is full of scriptures about his truth. And so he's saying, if you abide in my word... You shall know the truth. Experience it. Actually experience the truth. And it will set you free. And the one whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Will you stand with me? Lord, as your people standing before you, we want the truth. We want to abide in your word. We want your truth to reveal and set us free. So I'm asking, Lord, that everyone that has experienced the power of darkness and the enemy and sin, that they would recognize this truth. They will grab hold of it and they will walk in it from this day forth. That they will begin to take what word, your word, talks about whatever they're dealing with and they will begin to eat it and and chew on it and meditate it and hold on to it and see the victory because your truth is so freeing. So I ask you to come by the power of your Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts, God. I can say 
anything, and it doesn't matter, but it's only your spirit, your spirit moving, your spirit convicting, your spirit touching and stirring, your spirit setting free. That's the only thing that matters. And God, as a pastor of these people, I want freedom for them. So I ask for every hindrance to be dealt with by the power of the word of God in their lives and that they will see victory. Victory, victory in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go in his grace today.